0: Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> well, I actually have some really exciting news to announce. So our third child was born exactly two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> baby Joel Desmond Dennison. And uh, yeah, Liz is doing well. The baby's doing well. He's doing all the sort of baby things. Very good. So we're very grateful. And uh, we're just a, a thank you to everyone here who supported us. Uh, whether it was through your prayers or through meals or watching our kids. Like, that's hugely helpful. And, um, yeah, we just feel extremely blessed to have him and have him in our lives. And and we see our family being like God knitting our family together, which is – but, yeah, with with a baby definitely comes moments of weakness and tiredness as well. Um, And actually what's interesting is I I thought uh, the hardest thing would be waking up with the baby – uh, like in the middle of the night, but actually with this one, now that we have two other kids, the hardest thing is actually waking up with the two younger ones when they wake up at 6.30am and I'm shook and I'm like sleep deprived. And, uh, this happened like on, on Tuesday, they, they woke up at like 6.30. I was like, I am not ready for these two children to be up right now. And, um, they started making noise and then they started to wake up their mom, which is like the capital offense in our <laughs> house right now. Um, I rushed upstairs and I, I lost my temper with them. I was overwhelmed and I actually got angry with Gabe and I, I yelled at him and I, like, I, I expressed the frustration that I had with him. And um, I went downstairs not knowing how to deal with my emotion and um, got on my phone, checked my email, you know, do the things you do to kind of calm yourself down. Um, and in that moment, like I was listening to the, the lies that like. I was not going to have enough energy for the day. Like, I wasn't going to be able to get my kids out the house and bathe and have their teeth brushed and changed and fed and lunch packs and all the other things. Like, I was super overwhelmed by that, and I didn't think I could make it happen. Or if I was going to make it happen, I was going to do it in a very angry, uh, <laughs> very angry way. Um, but in that moment, you know, God's word says that, like, the mercies of God are new every morning, and that he's faithful to us every morning. And so in that moment, like, God kind of reached down to me, and he's like, I, I'm faithful for you in this now. Like, I have grace for you in this. Even in this moment, you have grace to be, not just get your kids out the house, but do it with love and do it with patience. And so, and so I share that because we're going to be talking about faith today and the power of faith in our lives. We're in a, a series about the armor of God. Um, and so we're going to be talking about the shield of faith, and we're talking about the nature of this world and, like, how God equips us to navigate it like the role of our faith in the promises of God and how that affects our reality, how that can like affect our being. So a couple a couple of core thoughts, um, and I'm just going to give you these three, and we're going to kind of hit them as we go through. Um, but the first one is that faith is a God-given response to God's revelation. The second is that faith acts on God's promises. And the third is that our faith is formed on Jesus. So we'll hit these as we go through. But let's pull up the scripture. And is, as is our tradition, let's all stand for the reading of God's word. This is Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can be stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, words may be given to me so that i will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in chains pray that i may declare it fearlessly as i should amen the word of the lord let's pray lord we believe that your words and your word and that your word through hearing your word we receive faith so lord as we open up our hearts we open up our ears, we trust that your Holy Spirit is here working in us, revealing your word and creating faith in us. Amen. So have you guys ever, ever met anyone that was like super good at almost everything? And we actually have a couple people in our church. Um, one of those people is Chris Whiting. <laughs> and Chris Whiting, if any of you has played any sport with Chris, you know that he is super good at every sport. I mean, like... I think that you could probably make up a sport, practice it by yourself for a year, and then like challenge Chris, and he would beat you at it. <laughs> like, it just comes naturally. Like, my dad was really good at a lot of things, and so as growing up, my, my brother and I grew up losing to my dad in, in a lot of different sports and activities and games. Um, and actually, but one thing, one way that we had my dad was in, uh, actually was in video games. Um, I don't know if it's like the age gap, but video games were just something that my dad did not grasp. Like, he did not know how to work it. Um, especially in, like, middle school and high school, my brother and I played a lot of Halo. It's like, a, like an alien fighting game. Um, and when my dad played, man, uh, it was just... Like, you know, generally, like, you're, if you're seeing someone that's playing video games and they're, like, so new to it, they don't even know how to, like, move around... Like, this was my dad, you know? Like, so, like, you're generally supposed to be playing, like, straight ahead, right? Like, kind of, like, moving towards your, your opponent. Like, you look at my dad, you know, he'd just be... <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know,
0: he was just completely disoriented. Like, he had no ability to, like, navigate his world. Like, no ability to even orient towards his goal. Um, and And... Like, I feel like even though, I that's like a funny example, but we often find ourselves in a world that's really disorienting. And we find ourselves, like, sometimes we think that we're orienting towards the right way, like we're actually heading towards the right path, like we, we're, we think we have it, but then, like, all of a sudden we're, like, we're way off course and we're, like, falling off a balcony somewhere. <laughs> and, and Don, you said something in, in your sermon that really stuck with me. You said that we're trying to serve a spiritual God with everything but spiritual realities. I thought that was just, like, so profound. Like, my whole message is just, you know, <laughs> building off of that. We're trying to serve a spiritual God with everything but spiritual realities. <laughs> so, like, what, what are these spiritual realities? So we kind of talked about them. We talked about them in Ephesians. So I think and what, what Paul is trying to do here is he's trying to kind of give us spiritual tools for navigating our world. Um, And he's doing it using an analogy of Roman armor, which is just something that his listeners would be kind of familiar with, because they conquered most of the world at that point. So we're talking about the shield of faith. Um, Let's get the picture of the Roman shield up there. So that's a Roman shield. Someone uh, at least dressed up as a Roman. So it's, I mean, the first thing you should know is it's like, it's huge, right? Like it pretty much covers the whole body like this thing is not just like a little thing they're swinging around this is a, a big heavy um massive shield um there's metal in the middle to like kind of punch people with and uh the the, the outside is actually made out of like leather pieces of leather just pressed together and, and kind of cured till it's really really hard um and and these shields were a big part of roman's success like they they really protected their infantry well uh and what I wanted to do is I want to contrast, like, that image of, of someone sitting there with this shield um, with another image of something that's probably a little less substantial. It's like a smoke bomb. So these are used defensively, right? Like, uh, legitimately, I think, in uh, this picture is a ninja using, you know, the smoke bomb. They throw it down and they disappear. Um, you guys are going to have to use your imagination, you know. If I was Doug, I would have a smoke bomb, and I would throw it, <laughs> and then I would run, you know, but No. <laughs> Use your heads, use your heads. Um, So, but these smoke bombs, right, like, they, they don't do any actual, like, shielding. They don't actually prevent an enemy from attacking you. They're just, like, blocking line of sight. They're just hiding you from your attacker and just long enough for you to escape. And that's really different than, like, a shield. So, so if we think back to my analogy at the beginning, like when I was super upset at my kid and I like just blown up at him, like what did I do? I went on my phone and I like digitally distracted myself. Like what that is is like a spiritual smoke bomb, right? Like I had stuff going around inside of me, like sin happening, like attack happening, conflict happening, and I'm just like, Nope, like not dealing with that right now. <laughs> but what God has given us is a shield, a shield. Of faith. So a shield has to have substance. It has to have form. It has to have been built with something that's strong and, and built on something sure. So Paul uses, this, he's calling this the shield of faith. And so I'm going to just go with like a, we're going like to pivot a little bit and just talk about faith. Um, and that's a huge topic, so we're, we're just going to kind of touch the surface. Um, but the first point is really the definition of, uh, sort of my definition of faith is that faith is a God given response to God's revelation. God, faith is a God given response to God's revelation. And that's, 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 there's really two really good pieces of news for us in this, in this like sentence. And the first is that God is actively revealing himself to us, that God is actively making himself known to us in creation. Uh, in, in the Bible, like in his word to us, in the people around us, and, and ultimately in Jesus. like God isn't someone um, that's like hiding from us, but that God is someone who's actively extending himself to us. And so that's like the first really good piece of news when it comes to our understanding of faith, is that God is already like instigating that process. In. And then the second really good piece of news around that is that God is actually generating the response in us as well. That, that faith isn't just, um, like, a cognitive belief, but that God is just, he's extending himself, and then he's creating that faith in us. And that, that seems kind of like a circle. But I, one, one way that I kind of was, like, visualizing it is, is so I give my kid Legos a lot um, for his birthday or for Christmas, and he's four. Like, he doesn't, hard, he can, like, barely open the box of a Lego set. But he loves Legos, and I love giving him Legos. And so I will go to the store, and I will buy Legos with my money. I will wrap it, and I will give it to him. I will help him open the box. I will help him assemble the set. And I will give him the narration of, like, what should be happening in this set so that he can, like, find maximum enjoyment out of it. And, like, that's what God is doing in faith. <laughs> that, that God is he's extending himself. And then he's, like, creating in us in each step of the process along the way. It's, like, his joyous gift to us. And just as then, like, I'm having just as much fun as my son creating this Lego set. Like, God is having just as much fun in us as he builds our faith. You know, when we, we were praying ahead of this, and I, one of the things that kind of, like, came on us as a group was that, like, faith, we don't reach faith, like, We don't reach God through faith. Like, we just have to, like, grasp onto this belief and go, like, I just gotta believe enough and then I can, like, find God. But, like, God finds us and then we believe. That our way to faith is through pursuing God and opening ourselves up to God and then faith comes out of that. It's an expression of that. So how how do we know if we have faith? Like, what does faith look like in our lives? So the second point that we're gonna bring up is that faith acts on God's promises. This is a really, like, a a very tangible way. So even though faith may seem kind of insubstantial, like, kind of difficult to conceive, faith, when when we know that we have it, is when we know that we're we're acting on God's promises to us. Um, James 2.18, he says, I will show you my faith through my works. I will show you my faith, like, how I believe in God, like, the fact that not only do I believe, but then that I act out in those beliefs, like, the, the evidence of that is, is good works, like alignment to God's will. So there's a really famous chapter in Hebrews that talks about all of, like, the, 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 the people who did things by faith, you know, and they, all of the, the elders of the Old Testament and the New Testament and all these different things. And, and when I was, like, looking through it, I was trying to find, like, a pattern, like, faith equals this, faith equals that. But, but, like, there's not a pattern. In fact, there's actually, like, contradictions. So some people died by faith, and then some people were resurrected by faith. And I was like, so faith obviously doesn't like lead to any particular outcome, but like that faith is actually like an alignment to God and to his will, that the evidence of faith is that we act on God's promises. And like the reason that this isn't easy, the reason that like this isn't something that we live into in like a daily manner that we're just like always, oh yeah, I'm just full of faith and I'm living on God's promises is that like we're in conflict all the time too. So, we are, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot as we've gone through this series. Like, what does it mean to be at war or, or in spiritual conflict? Um, and, and if we, let's, let's actually pull open the verse again, Ephesians 6. So, let's look, look at a couple of the words because it says, so it says, we're in a struggle. There are rulers, authorities, uh, powers of dark worlds, spiritual forces of evil. Um, later on, it talks about fiery darts so i don't always, like i don't know 100% of, like what that means or like i can't necessarily describe like what that is, that means as a concept but i can tell you like the result and that the result is like systematic and personal like evil in our lives and i think it's important to recognize that it is both systemic and personal because the scripture recognizes both and i think some depending on what tradition you're in you may like not you're not cool with one or the other um, and an analogy that I was thinking of is just, like, traffic. So I spend a significant amount of time of my, like, working life on 64. And um, it's making me late. It's making me late to dinner or making me late to work. It's frustrating. It's anxiety-producing, stress-inducing. Um, and, and it's, like, a systemic problem. There are too many cars going to the same place on the same road, and it's wet, and it's raining, and someone had an accident. And, like, it's affecting all of us. It sucks, and it's affecting all of us. So that's, like, a systemic I mean, call it evil, but you know that might be a little bit harsh. It's evil to me, uh, but it's a systemic problem with like our our city's infrastructure. Um, but just like in that same scenario, there there could actually be people that are doing things targeted at me. Like they could be cutting me off, or like honking their horn, or tailgating me, or, or rude gestures, or or what have you. But like there there is both systemic and personal evil happening in like the same situation, and we have to recognize that it's like that's going on in our lives today. So like, let's just, I mean like we don't have to like look but more than a couple days to like get a mass shooting. so you know, like day after day week after week we're getting these horrific acts of violence. like this is something that's systemic in our american culture. like that's a spiritual stronghold of violence and hate and anger that's like sitting there under the surface causing so much pain. but then like to the people that that happened to, like the people who lost loved ones that was very personal. And, and, and so we have to recognize that like, we are living in a world that's not just this physical world that we see, but that it's also intermeshed with spiritual. And part of the spiritual nature of our reality is that there's evil. And so why do we have a shield? So the reason that we have a shield is because it's, it's there to protect us. That as we're trying to follow God's will in our lives or in our neighborhoods, the shield of faith is there to protect us. And when people talk about spiritual conflict, I think it can seem like super intangible um, but I, what I would kind of propose is that like the, the battleground or the primary battleground for spiritual conflict in our lives is like is what 's going on in our minds like any given any given day any given moment um, Aaron, you preached a really good message on like gardening and like, like tending to like the garden of our minds and and I think that that 's that's super powerful. And I'm going to like kind of tease that out a little bit. Um, Who remembers this game? Fruit Ninja. Eh? it was like kind of like big, like three years ago, maybe like you would see it like a Dave and Buster's or (laughs) I see some shaking heads. So I'll describe it. There is like, (laughs) there are like, uh, fruit that gets thrown up. And you're supposed to like select the fruit, and you gain points for selecting the fruit, and then you're supposed to avoid like you see like the little bomb that gets kind of thrown in there, avoid that. So I was kind of thinking, I was like, hmm, like that's kind of like our Christian lives, right? Like we're cultivating the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> I have three kids, I can make dad jokes, all right. Um, we're cultivating the fruit of the spirit, and then like attacks come that would like interrupt that process. And, and, like, it's our daily constant, like, minute by minute, second by second process to be, like, like, oh, yes, that's love, that's joy, that's peace, oh, that's anger, like, I'm not, not dealing with that. Like, love, joy, peace, selfishness, right, I'm not dealing with that. You know, love, joy, peace, lust, not dealing with that. That there's, like, this constant, like, bombardment of what God is telling us, like, spiritual truth, and then things that would come to, like, abort that spiritual so, how do how do we use the shield of faith in those scenarios if God has given us faith as a gift to shield us from attack? Like what does it look like in that minute-by-minute, minute, like daily grind um, it, within our minds? Romans 10:17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of God. So remember, like we, we talked about God it being good news that like God's revealing himself to us. And that God is revealing himself to us through his word. So what I wanted to actually do is I'm going to pull up like six different scenarios. These are like six different lies that I have experienced in like the last decade or so of my existence. And um, like then I'm going to display a scripture like this is what's actually true. So here is like a lie that would come to abort like the life that is within me. And then here is... Like this shield, here is the promise of God that through faith I can grasp and say no to that. So these are pretty specific, but I hope that you can maybe find yourself in these. Lie number one, just one more Netflix show will help me fully de-stress before bed. I mean, it's really amazing, like, how, how many times I can believe that, like, despite how untrue it is. Like, t- despite how many times I said, like, just one more time, and I woke up tired and cranky and angry the next day. Like, every night, I will think, ooh, just one more. Like, I've had a really hard day. And another one, it'll, I'll, like, I'll leave feeling okay. So what does the Word of God have to say about this? Promise. I laid down and slept. I woke again for the Lord to sustain me. Like, this is the promise of God. This is what gives life. This is what we can protect ourselves with. So when that lie comes, and we're saying, I'm just going to watch one more, it's not that big a deal. Like, this is where the scripture of God says, like, no, that's not true. And through faith, right? Like, because this is what's hard, is in the moment, that seems really true. But it's not. Evidence has shown that it's not. Like, you see that evidence of it being false in your life. But in that moment, it's so hard to say no unless we hold up the shield of faith and we know, like, we believe that God is revealing himself and his character and how his world works through his word, and that in that belief we can attain correct action, which is going to bed. So number two. Lie number two. Slandering my overbearing co-worker will put him in his place. Promise. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Lie number three, you guys are getting. I will eventually crave to sexual addiction. Promise. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Lie number four, increasing my 401k contribution will assure retirement bliss. Promise. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. The rich he is sent away empty. Like, what does that say when we're talking about, like, spiritual power in our nation? Like, the the idol of wealth and greed is just so high up there. Like, what does the word of God say about that? You know, the, in, in Ephesians, it talks about the, the arrows being like, it says that the shield is there to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. So the, these darts are not things that are just like, it's like a one-time deal. Where it kind of like, oh, that hurt. But it's like they're on fire. They're there not to just be there, like to to cause one-time injury, but to cause widespread destruction. And so our our job is to catch them on the like on the gate, catch them on the face, and put them out before they cause fires in our lives. Like these aren't these aren't one-time things. Like if I if I sit this and I and I go, oh well, I'm just going to increase my 4 contribution. It seems like an innocent thing, but what it does is it's feeding that idol of greed and selfishness. And, like, uh, my, my retirement is just really about me and maybe my nuclear family. And, like, that's what it's about. You know, folks, there are people in our church that are actively not saving in their 401ks because they are actually putting that money and investing it into the community. Like, can you believe that's happening in America? Where people would trust God and they would believe this verse through faith they're not even saving for retirement. They're believing that God will provide for them in there. Like, that's faith in God's promise. All right, next slide. If I study hard enough, I can power through finals. Promise. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes them understand. And this one is just extra personal, because this, this scripture is something that I memorized and, like, I had down, like, my senior year of college. Like, I was doing things that I, I couldn't like conceptualize, like there are things that I was like, I need to understand this and I can't understand it, no matter how long I stand at it. And I feel like I'm like, sometimes I think I'm smart and I like, this is just not doing it. I can't, I can't get it in my mind. And like this verse, like that's the spirit of God within me that makes me understand. Like this, this was God's active power and grace in my life. Like test after test after test, like my junior and senior year of college. All right. Final one. Anyone who speaks negatively about my kids is no longer my friend. This one might be, this one might be Liz's, I don't know. <laughs> Promise, I will contend with those who contend with you, and I will save your children. So where do all of these lies lead? They lead to death. They lead to sin. They lead to isolation. Isolation from God, isolation from each other. But like, where do the promises lead? Like, not only do they lead us into the opposite of all those things, like leading us into relationship with each other and life and wholeness and happiness, but they, but they lead us to God. They, they lead us to his power. That our faith in God is backed by the promises of God. And then the promises of God, they're backed by the power of God. It's that same circle we were talking about there, that God loves to bring us into the circle of both giving us the belief and then giving us the grace and giving us the promise to hold on to so I just want to leave you all with with one last bit of, of good news And that's that jesus is well, That our faith is formed on jesus So to travel back with me We're going to go back into the story of luke 22 and i'm not going to put it up on the screen but I'm, just going to describe it But in the story, uh, jesus is he's, jesus is having passover. He's having like a meal with his disciples and he's trying to prepare them for his death, like an actual physical attack that's going to happen. He's going to be killed. They're going to be scattered. Um, it's going to be a really horrific time. And he's trying to prepare them not only for that time, but like for all of the uh, attacks upon their character and their, um, all the things that they believed about God. Like he's, he's trying to prepare them for that. And, and what he does is he's talking about being a servant. He's, he's, like, the, the, the one of the central aspects to, like, a kingdom theology is our understanding of ourselves as servants to other people, that we lay down our lives to others, that we're not asserting our dominance uh, intellectually or our time or our money over other people, but that we're, like, coming underneath and serving. And Jesus is about to do that as he dies on the cross, and he's trying to communicate that with his disciples. Uh, but they don't have it, like, right? They, they start talking about who's the greatest. They're, like, falling back into that same power. Like, we're, we're the best. We're going to do it. Um, and Jesus is like trying to correct them, and and so I'm going to read a verse. This is what G- Jesus says, and he he kind of picks on Simon because Simon's the ringleader. But he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. I'm talking about spiritual attack, that sounds stupid. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And so the good news today, like as as we close. is is that Jesus is interceding for us even now. That it says in Hebrews that that Jesus is not just the author, but the perfecter of our faith. That he's constantly building us back up in our spirit as we are in relationship and as we pursue him. You know, a, a, a shield is strong, but it had to have been formed against something that's stronger. So even as strong as like a big metal shield might be, it was actually formed against a strong anvil that was even stronger, that gave it its shape, that gave it its form. And so today, like our faith isn't just formed out of thin air, but it's formed on the character and the grace of Jesus to us. That our faith should look like Jesus. And as we pursue Jesus, our faith will grow and be reformed. So like when... When there are bombs going off in your life, when there are things that are affecting you deeply, either personally or your family or your neighborhood, I mean, we've had we've had seventy murders in Richmond, like seventy. And I think what it was our population like, two hundred twenty uh, thousand people? When there are attacks in our lives, like we need to be reformed on God. And so my encouragement to you all today would be that as your faith in your lives seemed bent out of shape and broken and full of holes, that you would take that to Jesus, that you would allow your life and your faith to be beaten out upon that anvil, That that one who died for us, the one who is the active power of God in our lives, and that you would allow his faith to become yours. So I'm just going to pray for us. Dear Lord, We thank you that you are our rock and our redeemer. Lord, that we can be formed on you, that you have seen fit not just to reveal yourselves to us, but then to create that response of faith in our hearts. Lord, thank you that it is your joy to do that. And Lord, as we walk through each day in the battleground of our minds, Lord, we pray that your faith in us would be made strong, and that we would have the spiritual discernment to know what is lie and what is promise, and that we would have the faith to hold on to and act in that promise. And Lord God, I just pray as we close that if there's anyone who's had like a deep-seated lie about themselves that's like sitting there so central to their identity that they think that that is who they are, that they think that that is, that's part of them, that's part of their head, how they were made. That like, that's, I pray that you would give them the spiritual discernment to know in this moment now that, like, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. That that's actually an attack that they've allowed to sit and burn up so much life in their life. And so, Lord, I pray to any of us that are here in this room today that your faith would extinguish that lie, so that you would protect us and keep us Lord, that your face would shine upon us and that you'd be gracious to us. Amen.
1: We're going to, we're going to take communion together. I'm going to ask for our servers to come up. Uh, the thing that Paul does in giving instructions to the church in, in the Corinth is he says that it's but whenever we take communion, it's right for us to examine ourselves. Um, and so one of the things that we try to do is, to like, what are different ways that we can examine ourselves? Uh, and i think i think rob has given us a really interesting way of doing that today uh and so th- there are two different things that i want you like to kind of like choose your own adventure path on this um the first is there are oftentimes when we come to take communion together uh there there are lies that we say to ourselves um, that would keep us from taking communion that we feel like we have to deal with and then we can come up um and so like i've been really bad this week i've been particularly sinful and so i need to i need to do x before i can come up um and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't like deal with that but we have to like what we're doing is we're putting some very specific limits on the grace of god Uh, it was like you were really bad and sinful when jesus saved you uh, and he saved you for all time not just for that one time and so, is there a particular lie that you need to address, and is there a promise that God wants to give you before you come up? Uh, the second the second doorway that I would encourage you, if, if that one doesn't exactly uh, strike you, is is there a particular lie in your life um, that continues to like be uh, a root for you? And maybe the thing that God is wanting to say today is, like, it's time to pull that sucker out. Uh, and there's a promise he wants to give you instead. There's a seed that he... He wants to plant where that root is. And then it's the Lord's job to grow it. Remember what faith is. It is God's initiation to you. And then God's initiation in you back to him. So none of it is dependent on you. That's the, that is the outworking of grace. That's how powerful it is. So we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He had his disciples in the room together. And he took the bread and he broke it. breaking the bread he said this is my body which is broken for you and then he took the cup and he gave it to his disciples and he said this is my blood which is being spilled for you this is the blood of the new covenant He encouraged his disciples and then all the believers that were to come that whenever it is that we take this meal, whenever we we take the bread, which represents the body of Jesus, whenever we dip it into the cup, which represents the spilled blood of Jesus, a a couple of things. One, he is here. So he is is present in this room. He is present with you when you came into this room, but there is something um, in in what we call a sacrament. There is something that supernatural that happens when we participate in this thing that jesus has set aside and so what i want to encourage you today as you as you lay your life before the lord as you allow the holy spirit to shine lights on a particular lie but that he would also deliver a particular promise to you uh, that, that you would allow him to be very present with you that you would allow yourself to experience his goodness and his grace and his presence with you so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna encourage us, uh, to, to maybe just, just stay for a, a moment or two, uh, with the Lord. The tables are open, so when you, you do feel that you are ready, I want to invite you to come up, uh, but we're not in a hurry. So whenever it is that you feel like the Lord has given you what it is that He needs to give you, uh, that you would come up and participate with us.
2: Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. Will we give the Lord praise for Rob. Come on, brother. You yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I see it coming. I see it coming. Yes, indeed. These young people out preaching me like great day, they preaching Great day, boy. Woo! But look, here's the deal. Good preaching without good application. Come on, Pastor. So let me let me let me say this. Let me say this. This whole series, I'm telling you, the Lord is raising up a standard. And if you if you like, man, I, I'm just not connecting with this armor of God. You know, call some of the elders. Let us pray with you. Because the application is where we're going. See, fiery darts are coming. See? And so you we say, can say, hold up, bro? I done felt a few try to come my way already. And so the shield of faith is huge. It's critical. It's critical. It's critical. Don't don't hesitate. Don't wonder. Press yourself in. Go back. Would you would you give it up for boy? Give it up for boy, please. Alright. Give it up for boy. So, you know, he'll 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 have this message up sometime this week. If you need to go review it, go back over it. Go back over it. I'm telling you, we're about to see some amazing victory because God is raising up a true spiritual army. A true spiritual army that is properly Wearing its armor The shield of faith you're gonna need that you need to do this with me say boom Got my shield baby got my shield wearing that shield strong. So father. We thank you now We thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you that we receive God we release our faith and say we receive your word today that the shield of faith Will be worn and that we will come to greater revelations of faith and faith in an amazing living god that always causes us to triumph in jesus christ god bless you thank you have an amazing thanksgiving praise god we'll be here now i want to say something to you don't get mad at me praise god but i got to say this to you my feelings were hurt today my feelings were hurt very bad because we had a lot of guests here and none of the family was here I, you know a lot of guests were here and I said well where's the family they were sitting in their seats and looking around I said I thought they started for." four and the only reason I'm saying this to you because it hurt me because it hurt my guest. it hurts the guest. I'm looking around I'm saying Craig Tay It hurts to guess Because people think You know So go ahead and touch The person beside you Say I love Don I love Don I love Don Don't you love Don Oh I love that brother I love that brother (laughs) Praise God Hey y'all have a happy holidays See you next Sunday Four (laughs) o'clock